All right, so you guys can all make your way in and find a place to, place to listen to me for a little bit. Whether you want to or not, you have to. So for anybody who, uh, who missed it over the last few weeks, um, we've been sharing about the new vision for the church and where we're going. Um, we started out uh, the first Sunday in September sharing the whole vision, which is love God, love people, love Warsaw. Uh, and then we broke, th- broke that down over three sermons, um, and my dad preached the first one, which was love God, and today I get to share about loving people. The gospel is about loving people into reconciliation with the Father. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Um, he paid the ultimate price of love and went to the cross to make a way for us to be in right relationship with the Father. And then when Jesus met up with his disciples, what he said to them was, come and follow me. And today he's saying the same thing to each one of us. He's saying, would you come and would you follow me in reconciling mankind to the Father? That's what we have the opportunity to do, is to reconcile people to the Father through love. There's two ways that I want to talk about loving people this morning. The first way is loving the people of Family Life Church. Loving the people that you see around you, the people who we're connected with, the people who God planted us in community with. And the second way is loving those people who aren't yet a part of the family of God. So loving the people of Family Life Church, those people around you, the people who are your friends and your family and those people who are sitting here this morning. In a lot of ways right now, our culture is very, very disconnected. Um, We kind of have the appearance of of connection and the the appearance of relationship, maybe some surface relationships, but those relationships oftentimes don't go very deep. And what that ends up leaving people feeling is very, very disconnected. And then when you take that disconnection that people are feeling and you mix it together with a victim mentality, which is really, really prevalent, a lot of times people feel alone and isolated, but it's everyone else's fault. I'm not saying that all of you are in that place. Maybe some of you are in that place. I don't know. Um, But if you find yourself in that place, what I want to encourage you to do today is to refuse to be a victim. Refuse to point the finger at other people. The victim mentality is a trap. It's a trap of the enemy, and it's a trap that I see a lot of people stuck in. And what I want you to do instead of feeling like a victim is I want to encourage you to begin to see yourself as a child of God. A child of God can't be a victim because a child of God has unlimited resources. A child of God has a relationship with the Father, so they have every single thing that they could possibly need to help contribute to the solution. So refuse to be a victim. A victim would sit in their seat with their arms crossed and say, I feel alone and I feel isolated, and they would just sit there and be frustrated where a child of God would get up and walk across the room and they would meet someone and they would start a relationship. If we're going to grow into the church family that we believe that God is calling us to be, the community that we believe he's calling us to be, we must grow in this area. We must cast off the victim mentality. There are things that we can do and things that we will do in terms of like uh, things that we're planning and programs that we do and that kind of stuff that will help, we believe, help create place and space for relationships, but if God doesn't deal with our heart, if we don't allow God to deal with our heart, then those attempts will just be failures. So I'm going to ask you 
uh, to allow the Lord to work on your heart in this area and refuse to be a victim, but begin to see yourself as a child of God. It's kind of like this. You could sit back and you could ask God to increase your love, and then you could be frustrated in the end and feel like God didn't increase my love. A lot of times God won't actually increase our love at all. What God will do is he will give us an opportunity to express the love that we have, and it's as we step out and as we begin to express the love that we have in our heart that that love actually begins to grow. So for those of you who feel disconnected, I want to encourage you to go out and make connections. For those of you who want more friends, I want to encourage you to realize that the phone works in both ways. I know this might be shocking to some people, but it, it works in two directions. So you could sit and stare at it and be mad that people don't call you or text you or whatever. Or you could call someone or text someone. So I just want to encourage you to set aside the victim mentality and to begin to make connections. And as you're making these connections, um, if you're in a place where you're struggling, I want to encourage you to be honest about, about your struggle. Don't get together with someone and act like everything is cool when everything is not cool, but be honest about where you're at. And as you're being honest about where you're at, don't just stay in that place of complaining, but together, believe God for grace to walk through the situation. Believe God for the situation to change. Believe God for hope. Believe God for whatever is needed in the situation. One of the things that we're going to do to try and create a place for relationships is life groups. We've done life groups in the past, but we're going to do them a little bit differently this year. Um, we're going to have the life groups meet once a month. There's going to be five life groups, and they're going to meet on the third week of every month. And by the third week of every month, I mean the week following the third Sunday. The week following the third Sunday, they'll meet. Um, and our vision for the life groups is that uh, people would make connections and that people would grow. Um, so we're having the life groups meet once a month, and basically the, the reason we're doing that is, first of all, we felt like it would be manageable for everyone. It's not like it's a huge time commitment, um, but also that we want the life groups to be a place that are like springboards where relationships start. So if you want to get together more than that, then that's awesome. You can get together with people in the life groups whenever you want, and you don't even have to ask me. You can just ask them and get together with each other and have fun. Um, the, we have five life, groups, life group leaders. Uh, the first life group leader is Jeff and Alyssa Radzminski. Their life, is gonna, life group is going to meet on Tuesdays at 6.30 in Varysburg. You can sign up for their life group out in the foyer. There will be sign-ups out there. Uh, the second life group leader is Bill and Terry Northcutt. They're going to meet at 10.30 on Wednesday mornings in Varysburg. Uh, the third life group leader is going to be Jack and Carol Wilson. They're going to meet at 7 p.m. in Perry on Wednesdays. The fourth life group leader is Nick and Liz D'Antonio, and they will meet at 6 p.m. in Warsaw on Fridays. And then the fifth is Jed and Michaela Wilson, and they will meet at 1 p.m. on Saturdays in Warsaw. So we kind of tried to have a spread in terms of locations so that hopefully everyone could find a life group that's not too far from their house and then also in times during the week so that hopefully everyone can find um, a life group that would work for you. So the first goal of the life group is connections. The second goal is growth. Um, what we did was we 
we, the leadership of the church planned out the entire year. So we took the whole year, we planned it out, and we have a goal for every single month. For example, the goal for September was to share the vision. And then so in the sermons on Sunday mornings, we're going to kind of lay a foundation for seeing that goal accomplished. And then our hope is that in the life groups, we can break down a little bit more um, where the, what that goal is and how that affects you and where the Lord might want to take you. Sometimes on Sunday mornings when you're preaching, there's like only so much you can do to break it down far enough for the individual. But if we have small groups that meet together, um, our hope is that we can break it down further so everyone can stay on the same page and go where the Lord is taking us. Um, so that's our plan for the life groups. So the first place that um, we're looking to grow in our love is in our love for one another, and one of the ways that we're hoping to do that is through life groups. The second way that we're looking to grow in our love is in our, we want to grow in our love for people who aren't yet connected to the family of God. And there's some ways that we want to do that, and I want to share about that this morning. The first way that we want to do that is through a welcome and a follow-up team. The welcome and follow-up team actually started the beginning of this month, and the objective of the welcome and follow-up team is to welcome every new person that comes to our church. Um, Sometimes in the past, it might have been easy if we didn't have specific people in place to do that, for someone to slip through the cracks and someone to not get not get welcomed. So our goal is to make sure that everyone gets welcomed, everyone feels at home, and everyone can find their place. This doesn't mean that because we have a welcome team that nobody else has to welcome anyone. Um, We still want all of you to welcome people. It would be our hope that eventually the welcome team would become obsolete because everyone is welcoming people. So if, you're, if you welcome someone who's a guest and they haven't been greeted by someone on the welcome team yet, you could help us uh, by helping them make their way to the welcome center. The welcome center is in the foyer, um, and the reason we want them to go to the welcome center is because we have a free gift for every get- guest that comes, and then also we want to um, make sure that they can find their place. We want to get their contact information so we can help them find a place to get plugged in and connected and see if there's any way that we can support or help them. Um, If anybody here um, specifically feels like that's something you're excited about and you want to be a part of the welcome team, you can get in touch with me and we can help get you plugged in there. The second way that we want to love uh, those people who aren't yet a part of the family of God is through an outreach team. Um, This is something that any of you can join. Our goal is to have an outreach team of 20 to 30 people. So the outreach team is going to go through a training for five weeks. Um, we're going to have two times that we would like the out, that we're going to make available for those who want to be a part of the outreach team to get trained. Those times will be Sunday uh, morning after Sunday afternoon, immediately following church. And for those of you who want to do that, lunch will be provided and then also Monday evening. Um, so the outreach team, if, if you're someone who likes sharing your faith, you're someone who feels like you're good at sharing your faith, you love talking to people about God, this would be a really great place for you to get plugged in. If you're someone who's not good at that, if you're someone who's afraid of doing that, if you're someone who's intimidated at the thought of doing it, that is, this is actually a really good place for you to get plugged in too. No one is going to be expected to do this really well on the first time that we get together. 
that's actually the very point of these training times. We're going to go through um, some training material called Walk Across the Room, which will train you and give you some really helpful tools uh, to help you be able to share your faith with people and build relationship. How many of you guys know that some people can do that really, really naturally and really well, and other people it's kind of, they struggle and it might be kind of awkward. So this is going to be a place where you can actually practice that with one another, with your friends. You can mess up and tell somebody something that's totally not true about God and it's okay, we'll just laugh and we won't crucify you. And we can all learn together and then we can move on and we can work at it together. Um, part of the objective with the outreach team is we're going to have different events that we have where we're going to release the outreach team to go and to build relationships with people, make connections, and share the gospel. We're starting uh, the first week in October training the outreach team, and part of the reason for that is the first event that we're going to release the outreach team um, to go start sharing with people is the Harvest Dinner. Um, we feel like uh, in the Harvest Dinner, that's a place where we're meeting some people's very practical needs. We're feeding people who are hungry, so that's important. Some of those people actually do need food and maybe don't have enough food to get by. Um, so we're meeting their, a very practical need. But for me, I've always kind of felt a little bit um, disappointed or sad sometimes when the harvest dinner ends because we bring all these people together and we feed them, which is a really, really important thing. But then a lot of those people, we send them home and they're still starving spiritually. So that, that's always been hard for me. And there's value in doing both of those things. But we want to try and take advantage of the fact that we have all these people who are coming there and we want to try and build some relationships with these people and share the gospel with them. So the harvest dinner doesn't really lend itself towards like somebody like getting up and preaching and sharing the gospel in that way because people are hungry and they're probably not going to listen very much. And then they're eating and they're busy eating, so they're probably not going to listen very much. So it just doesn't really lend itself to that. So what we want to do is we want to train up the outreach team and have them ready to go and confident by the time the harvest dinner rolls around so that we can release them to build relationships and connect with people and share the gospel with people. So we're looking for 20 to 30 people to do that. Um, I'm going to join the outreach team, and I'm hoping that all of, a lot of you, 19 to 29 of you, will join with me. Um, I don't feel like I'm particularly horrible at sharing the gospel, but I also feel like there's room for me to grow and room for me to do better. So I want to grow in that area, and I'm going to join the outreach team, and I'm going to work on it, and hopefully a bunch of you will join me in doing that. Um, two weeks ago, I talked a little bit about loving people the first time we shared about this vision, and I talked about how um, there's a lot of people in this area who have a, uh, like an underlying feeling of feeling not good enough for God. They feel like, I've done too much bad in my life, like God would not want a relationship with me. Part of that is just um, the nature of the fact that um, we're, we're, we sin, and that leaves us in a place of separation with God. So part of that is just the natural part of humanity who's separated from God. Part of it also, I believe, is something that is like over this region, over this area, where there is people who, I can't tell you how many people who have said that kind of thing to me. Just this week, someone said to me, if I walked into church, lightning would strike me. And he was, he was communicating that feeling <clears throat> of feeling like he's not good enough for God or he's too bad for God. Um, and so what I want you guys to do is I would 
love it for all of you to begin to think of this church as a place for those people. Think of our church as a place, like a lifeline, to those people who feel like they're far from God and they're not good enough for God. And then I want you to begin to look at the way that you're relating to people, the way that you're acting here, and ask yourself if what you're doing would make those people feel comfortable here. The, the Great Commission says in Matthew 28, verses 19 through, through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what we're all called to. It's hard to get past that. We're all called to make disciples. We all probably have all kinds of other things that we feel called to. Maybe you feel called to be a teacher or a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad or a lawyer or a doctor or a plumber. We're all, we all have these things that we're called to, but at the foundation of all of that, we're all called to make disciples. A lot of times people will come and talk to me, maybe like when they're at a point of trying to make a decision in their life, and they'll be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm thinking of going back to school to be a doctor, or maybe I want to go to trade school and learn to be an electrician or whatever, and they're like at this point of decision in their life, and they can't decide what to do. And I usually like ask the same question to pretty much everyone, which is, what do you want to do? What are you excited about? What are you passionate about? And eventually they'll say, you know, I'm really passionate about being a nurse. It's like, okay, then I think you should be a nurse, and I think you should make disciples, and I think you should raise the dead, and I think you should cast out demons, and I think you should baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like, this is what I believe we're all called to. We're all called to make disciples. Can I get an amen? Okay. You're called to make disciples. This is what you're called to do. This is what we're here for. This is what, when Jesus pulled together the 12, this is what he told them to go do. And we're the extension of the 12. So this is what we're all called to do. It's really hard to make disciples when you don't love people. It's really difficult to make disciples when you don't love people. And we're believing that we're in a season where God is going to give us the opportunity to express the love that we have Maybe if you're totally honest with yourself, maybe you're more annoyed with people sometimes than you love people. So maybe you just have a sliver of love. I believe that all of us have some amount of love for people inside of us. Some of you are extremely loving to people. Some of you have like a very, very, very caring heart to people. Others of you, maybe not so much. But I believe that we all have some level of love in our hearts for people. And we believe that in this season that we're in, that as we begin to share that love that we have for people, even if it's just a little bit, that it's going to begin to grow. I've seen this kind of happen in my own life. Um, for, for most of you, you're just kind of hearing about this vision that we've been talking about for the first time. And you're just kind of starting to digest this now and starting to think it through. And it's just starting to sink in. For me, this has been, this is like old news for me. Um, the church leadership got together over the summer and we were talking about this and praying about it and thinking through it. And the truth is, I had been even thinking and praying for a while ahead of time because I knew we were going to have these meetings and I was thinking and praying about what those meetings were going to look like and where God was taking us. 
And initially, when we started to talk about this, it was just kind of words. We kind of were praying and talking and brainstorming. We came to this place, and when we said, okay, this is what we're going to do, love God, love people, love Warsaw, immediately people started having ideas and thoughts, and we could do this and we could do that, and it kind of took off. But initially, it was just words, and it was just an idea. But since that time, it's become something that has started to like burn in me. Um, I told April one time, I feel like it was like haunting me, like I couldn't get away from it. Like around every corner, God was showing me an opportunity to love people and to love Warsaw. And some of those times where he um, brought people around that he wanted me to love, it was challenging. Sometimes he brought around people that it was like difficult for me to love, but I chose to love them anyways, to, to the best that I could. Not always perfectly, sometimes I failed, but I tried. Um, so two Fridays ago, I was working on a project at my house, and I needed some lumber for the project that I was doing. So I went to Montgomery's, and um, when I got over to Montgomery's, I saw someone who I recognized. I don't really know this guy very well. I know who he is, but we don't really know each other. I kind of, I didn't know his name, but when he told me his name, I kind of remembered who he was. And uh, so I, I struck up a conversation with him, and I started talking to him. And eventually he ended up telling me that he had some kids. His, his kids ended up being about the same age as my younger kids. So we were talking, and school had started that week, and so I asked him how his kids were adjusting to school, and he told me what it was like. And so I, then he asked how my kids were adjusting to school. They were new at Warsaw this year. So we were just kind of talking about that. And uh, then he, started, he asked me what project I was working on. So I told him what I was doing, and I asked him what he was doing. He told me what he was doing. And so I'm like, in this conversation, about like maybe halfway through, um, I started getting this feeling like, all right, like God wants me to do something here. Like God is looking for me to love this person in some way, maybe share the gospel, something. I don't really know what, I'm not sure. So like I'm half talking to this guy, and I, I am listening to what he's saying, but I'm also like inside going like, okay, Lord, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. This is why I need to join the outreach team because I don't know what to say to people, right? This is why you need to join the outreach team too. So, so I'm talking to this guy, and it's kind of he. Eventually, he gets up to the counter and he orders his stuff, and then he goes to leave. So he's like about to walk out the door. I'm running out of time, and I'm like, oh man. So I'm like feeling this pressure inside. I'm kind of like gotta say something. Gotta say something. So I just shout out, Jesus loves you. Can I get two two by fours and three two by sixes? No, that's not true. That's not what happened. I was afraid I was going to do that because that's what I felt inside. I was like, I've got nothing to say to this guy. Like, how, how do I take the conversation from two-by-fours to Jesus? Like, so Jesus was nailed to a couple two-by-fours. I don't know if you know this, you know. Like, I don't know what to say to this guy. So I decide, you know what, it's safe. He, everybody likes to eat. Everyone gets hungry. So probably a safe bet is I can invite this guy and his family over for dinner. So I'm like, all right, so that's what I'll do. I'll invite him over for dinner. So I open my mouth to invite this guy over to dinner, and we both start talking at the same time. So first, first rule of the outreach team, if someone else is trying to talk at the same time, you stop talking and let them talk. You listen, okay? So I was listening. So I let him say what he had to say. And he says, um, he said, hey, so, so I've got a question. Do you guys let, like, anyone come to your church? I didn't even really know that he knew that I went to a church or that I, anything. I don't, I don't really know. So do you guys let, like, anyone come to your church? And I said, well, yeah, for the most part, we let pretty much anyone come to church. 
And he said, like, there doesn't have to be, like, a special, like, invite or something or, like, a specific person. I was like, no, like, anyone can come to church. In fact, if you want a special invite, I'll give you one. You're invited, and you can invite anyone you know to come. And so we talked eventually, and I told him a little bit about the kids' program because he had kids, and I thought they might like it. But when I left, I, like, turned and I walked out the door, and immediately I felt like God said, this is what it's going to be like. This is what I'm calling you to. This is, what I've been, this is what I've been stirring in you. And in the back of my mind somewhere, and maybe some of you feel this, feel similarly, at the thought of sharing the gospel with people, sometimes that's an easy conversation and that goes really well, but sometimes I don't feel like it has been that for me. Sometimes I feel like we've tried like different outreaches and they haven't really gone well or we've seen like very limited fruit. But I felt like the Lord was saying, like, would you cast your net on the other side? Like, I know you've done it before. I know switching from throwing the nets over this side to throwing it over this side doesn't really make much sense. It doesn't seem any different, but I'm in it. And if you'll obey me, you'll find that I'm in it. So for those of you who are feeling like that, feeling like maybe I've done this before, um, I want to encourage you. Um, this is something that we believe God is in, and I believe he's asking us to cast our nets on the other side. There's a couple of very small and easy, very practical ways that we can begin to do some things to love people and to care for people, and I want to share those with you this morning. Um, the first way that I would like you guys to help me in beginning to love people and care for people is in our parking lot. So that might sound a little bit weird, um, but over the summer, I went out and I looked at our parking lot four weeks in a row. And for those four weeks in a row, two of the weeks I could find two parking spots, two of the weeks I could find zero parking spots. And this was in the summer when there was a lot of families in our church who were away on vacation and had family stuff going on and that kind of stuff. So our parking lot was just, it was maxed out. Um, so what we did was we talked to three local businesses that are on um, surrounding the church property. The two over here on the east side of the property are the eye places. Uh, the place you go where they tell you you need glasses, and then the place you go to get glasses. Those two places over there. And then the uh, oil change place over here on the north side of the property. We talked to them to see if we could use their parking lots on Sunday mornings, and they said we can. So um, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for some people who would be willing to park in those places in order to open up spots for people who might be coming for the first time. Um, one of the things that we realized is that for some people who maybe haven't been to church, maybe, they're, maybe they've never been to church or haven't been in a long time, maybe they're curious about God, a lot of times they have like a lot of hurdles and a lot of like roadblocks to getting to church. They, a lot of times they genuinely want to come, but they have all these hurdles. And some of those hurdles we can't control. Like maybe they're, they oversleep or whatever. Like we're not going to go drag everybody out of bed in Warsaw and bring them. But there are some hurdles that we can control. And for someone, if they're coming to church and they're like looking and they're kind of nervous and kind of wondering, if they come into the parking lot and can't even find a place to park, that might be a hurdle that might be enough for them to go, eh, never mind, I'm not going to do it. So we're looking for some people who might be willing to park in those places. If you're someone who struggles to get into the building, um, even when you're parking close, and I'm not asking you to do that by any means at all, like, this is not an announcement for you. Um, if it's really inconvenient for you and your family, then this announcement isn't for you either. Um, this is for people who, when they hear like, hey, can I park over there and walk an extra 50 yards in the cold? You feel like that's no big deal. I could do that totally, no big deal. And I'd be willing to do that to open up a spot 
for someone who might be coming for the first time. So if that's you, we'd love it if you could help us in, in that way. I've been parking over there for the last four weeks, and it's been no big deal. So if that's something that um, would work for some of you, we'd really appreciate it. Um, the second thing that you could help us with that's a very practical thing is in uh, seating. So there's been, some, uh, there's been some times where I've been leading worship and I've looked out, especially when all the kids are in here. It doesn't look like that so much right now. But there's been times where I've been leading worship and looked out and saw a guest come in and they kind of maybe worked their way up one side, didn't really find a place where they could sit, and then they kind of went back and then kind of started looking in the middle. And hopefully by that point, an usher saw them and helped them find a, a seat somewhere. Um, but one of the things we're going to do to help in that is we're gonna, we've ordered some more chairs and we're going to add some more chairs to the sanctuary. But something that you guys could do that would be helpful to us is um, if you go to a, a sporting event or a concert, then you want to sit in the front row. So that's kind of like everyone wants to sit there. But then like every other place in life, everyone wants to sit like three quarters of the way back on an aisle. No judgment of anybody who is three quarters of the way back on an aisle. I would do the same thing. It's like just human nature is like I'm going to sit at a place where it's easy to get out. If the pastor gets too crazy, I can escape if I need to. I totally understand that, but I'm going to try and keep the crazy to a minimum so you won't need to escape. Um, but what you could do to help us is you could try and maybe sit in one of those seats that it wouldn't be um, a seat that a guest might choose to pick for the first time. Someone who's trying to slip in, a little bit nervous, a little unsure about it. Um, so maybe find a seat that um, might work for you and would be a little bit harder for one of those people. Um, and then also try and scoot in and... Uh, not leave a million empty seats between you. Sometimes I know what it's like to be like have a family and you come in and you got, you know, four or five people and then like bags and boxes of kid paraphernalia and it's like really easy to want to like spread out over like 10 seats or whatever and make sure everybody has their room and all that. Um, but we would just ask you guys to try and be sensitive to that to, in order to make room for people. Can you guys do that? All right. Um, for those of you who have been here for a while, maybe you're someone who's um, been a part of this church for a long time, it could be really easy to hear um, some of these things about making room for guests and making room for new people, and it'd be really easy to have a really human response, which would be like, what about me, right? Um, first of all, I want to encourage you that we care about you. We care about each one of you. We all deeply care about you. The leadership of the church cares about you. And because we're doing some things to try and reach out to some other people doesn't in any way mean that we care about you any, any less. Um, it's kind of like um, Mark and Brooke just had a baby, and I went to, to see them uh, last week or the week before, and they were talking about um, Naomi and kind of the adjustments to a new baby coming. And it's not that they love Naomi any less, like their love has grown for Naomi, but we want to make room for some other people too. And sometimes when you have to make room for some people, there's some transition and it looks a little different. Um, but a lot of you who are here have walked with God for quite a long time. And you guys have had a relationship with God for a long time. And maybe there was a time in your life where um, if you heard an announcement like that about maybe being sensitive in the way that you're, you're sitting in the sanctuary or something like that, where you might have heard something like that and you've been like, nope, I'm going to sit where I want to sit and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm here to meet with Jesus. I desperately need to meet with Jesus and so I'm going to do what I got to do and I'm not going to worry about anybody else. I got to worry about me because my life is a mess right now or whatever. 
But a lot of you, like God has done so much stuff in your life. Like he has brought you to a place of healing and wholeness. And part of that journey that he's taking you, you on is to bring you to a place where you're more sensitive to others and you care for other people. That's part of maturing and growing. So part of the reason we're sharing this with you guys is because we believe that you are in that place where you can hear that and respond to that. Um, Matthew 25, uh, verses 40 through 45, I want to read that for you this morning. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or in need of clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So it would be really easy to hear that verse and be afraid of hearing those words from the Lord. Um, those words are kind of scary, and some people would be um, afraid to like one day be in a place where you're sitting before the Lord being judged and be afraid of him saying those things to us. But we don't have to sit and worry and be afraid about the Lord saying those words to us. We can get on the other side of that scripture today. Today we can feed those who are hungry. We can clothe those who are in need. We can probably handle parking across the street in order to make room for someone who wants to come. We can probably handle sitting in a more careful way in order to make room for someone who desperately needs to hear the gospel. We can probably handle waiting to talk to our friends about our plans to watch the Bills game later today and talk to someone who, who might feel alone and doesn't know anyone. Maybe we could even handle inviting that person over for lunch or inviting that person over to watch the game. We could probably handle crossing our backyard and talking to our neighbor and starting a relationship. We could probably handle joining the outreach team in order to grow in our ability to share the gospel. This is the way of the kingdom. In the kingdom we are hospitable. In the kingdom we care. In the kingdom we love people. In the kingdom we care about everyone. I want to leave you guys with a final thought this morning. I would imagine that most of you who are here consider yourself to be Christians. You consider yourself to be followers of Christ. You consider yourself to be disciples. And I already told you guys that uh, in the Great Commission, Jesus said that we're called to make disciples. You don't get to make disciples unless you walk across the room or the yard and start a relationship. You don't get to make disciples unless you love people. Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, we thank you so much that you loved each one of us, that you loved us into a relationship with the Father. You loved us while we were still sinners. And, that, and now you are inviting us to help in reconciling people into relationship with the Father. You're inviting us to love people 
Lord, I thank you that you're challenging us to grow. And Lord, this morning we say yes to you. Lord, I ask that each person who's here this morning would take the love that they have and they would begin to express it for people. Maybe they would uh, join some of the uh, different avenues that we've been sharing about, like the outreach team or the welcome team, in order to express that love. Maybe they would begin to look for all different ways that they could express that love on their own to the people around them, to the people they work with, to their neighbors. And Lord, as they're faithful to take that first step, Lord, I ask that love would explode in their hearts. That what started out as something that they did out of duty, out of responsibility, because I told them to, would become something that they were passionate about. It would become something that was burning inside of them. Lord, that your heart for people would begin to beat inside of each one of us. Lord, we ask you to change our hearts. We invite you to do that, God. Lord, I ask you to be with each one this week. I ask you to be with them as they go from this place. I ask you to bless them. And Lord, as they begin to step out, as they begin to share the gospel with people around them, as they begin to look for opportunities to express love, Lord, I ask that they would find success. Like that person that I bumped into, Lord, that they would be um, su pleasantly surprised at the way that people respond as they begin to share love. I ask you to bless each one. In your name I pray, amen. There's a bunch of sign-ups in the foyer for all the different things that we've been talking about. I would encourage each one to check those out and find a place to sign up. All right? Be blessed.